Welcome to the Managing the Future of Work podcast from the Harvard Business School. I'm Harvard Business School professor and visiting fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, Joe Fuller. This episode is one of a series of special dispatches on the sweeping effects of COVID-19 on our economy, society, and the future of work. In addition to our regular podcast episodes, we will be bringing you shorter and more frequent interviews with business leaders, policymakers, and leading scholars on the coronavirus. The COVID-19 pandemic is exposing many people to video conferencing for the first time. More importantly, it has become, at least temporarily, the dominant vehicle for conducting meetings and the form in which decisions are made. Craig Malloy, CEO of LifeSize, has worked in the medium for nearly three decades. Over the course of his career, he's seen the technology evolve from one that was exclusively available to large companies and government agencies, reach down to serve medium-sized businesses and even consumers. How and how well are companies using video conferencing technology to meet the unprecedented needs of today's pandemic? How will companies' widespread use of the technology affect their ongoing business processes after the pandemic? We'll discuss those questions on this COVID-19 dispatch from the Managing the Future of Work podcast from Harvard Business School. Craig, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Craig, I think one of the um, consequences of the pandemic uh, is that Virtually everybody now has some experience with video conferencing, even if uh, they're still relative novices. Um, there are a lot of different services out there. Tell us a little bit about life size and, and how your offers are getting used by consumers. Um, sure. Uh, life size, uh, we're primarily a, a B2B solution, although uh, certainly we've had some, had some consumer usage, but we primarily market our, um, our, our um, service to, uh, to businesses and professional organizations around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we offer a uh, cloud-based uh, video communication solution uh, that can be used anywhere in the world, uh, desktop, um, mobile, uh, down, you know, downloadable clients, or a, a browser-based uh, browser-based application, um, as well as conference room uh, conference room systems for businesses. Uh, I think we, and, you know, we all remember office buildings, and, and where, when they used to, when we used to go to the office, there were these things called conference rooms, and we used to sit in them and uh, and have meetings. And hopefully that will come back. But that uh, that is part of our business as well. So you really do the whole spectrum from an individual consumer with a complimentary download app all the way through to big conference rooms that accommodate dozens of people. Yes, that's that's kind of one of the unique things about uh, about LifeSize is we uh, we offer the entire uh, you know an entire uh, solution for uh, a professional organization for desktop and mobile as well as uh, as well as conference room and then tie it all together um, you know with with service and support. I know it's still early in this pandemic, and and that um, you know, as as uh, was once famously said, never make predictions, especially about the future. But there's quite a lot of speculation about how this kind of wrenching hard stop experience is going to affect how businesses structure work, specifically remote work. What impressions are you gaining from talking to your customers and colleagues on that question? Well, I think that is that is absolutely true. One of uh, you know one of the the one of the folks in our marketing department uh, a few weeks ago mentioned to me, uh, you know, as we were kind of putting together our, our marketing plan for the year, was you know the the future of work arrived yesterday, and we mm. all got just slammed into this into this uh, work from home. Uh, 
you know, in mid-March, life-size as this, you know, as we kind of assessed the pandemic one day, I talked to, I was talking to our, our VP of HR and we said, it's probably time for us all to move home for a while. Uh, and that was, uh, you know, early to mid-March and, and all of a sudden life-size became, you know, on our own became a work from home, uh, work from home company. And, and we're, we're put in the same situation as, you know, all of our customers around the world. And, it's interesting because life size we're you know we although we facilitate all of this remote work that's our business we're primarily an office based culture you know we 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 live in a you know most of our folks were uh, lived relatively close to our office in Austin and commuted in and uh, some you know we had some work from home days and those, those that sort of thing uh, but all of a sudden we were completely reliant on our own our own technology to run our run our business and we got a um, you know, really got a, uh, a taste of, of 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 what everybody has to do. You know, what what completely remote organizations do. Um, so it's been an interesting an interesting experiment for us to put our you know to fully put ourselves in the shoes of all of our all of our all of our customers. And you know, we have to operate exactly the same uh, the, the same way. Craig, as you were starting to live the life of your customer, were there any surprises for you, or two or three key takeaways about? how life size is going to need to change or accommodate to a more remote style of work. And is that extendable to your customers? Well, what we found was, you know, I guess our current, our, our previous experience was we had a good mix of, of, uh, of usage on our service of conference rooms and desktop and, and, and mobile. You could even say that the anchor of our service was conference room usage, bringing in, uh, remote workers and people who were traveling and, and customers and, uh, you know, vendors and that sort of thing. But all of a sudden, the, the usage on our service radically changed, both for our customers and us, to almost exclusively desktop and mobile usage, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a work-from-home application. So that was, um, you know, in retrospect, I guess that was expected, but while it was happening, uh, it was like, wow, <laughs> this is, this is kind of crazy. The usage on our service went up nine in terms of number of calls, you know, happening, uh, went up about nine X over the space of three weeks wow. around the world. And, um, you know, we have these, uh, we run our service on, uh, on Amazon, AWS, the public cloud, the big, mm-hmm. big AWS service. Uh, and we have, we have, uh, we and they have very sophisticated tools for real-time monitoring of, of what's happening. And you could, you could see this work from home, this, you know, radical shift to work from home traverse the globe. It started with our Asia, Asia pack customers in, uh, you know, in Japan and in Australia uh, in, in late February. And then all of a sudden Europe spiked in very early March because uh, we have a lot of, we have a really big business in uh, in southern Europe, Italy, Spain, um, France, and, and then you could see that the the, the wave uh, you know wash into the into the United States and our U.S. based customers mm-hmm. started working from home, uh, and it was just it was really challenging to uh, um, you know to to uh, make sure that we had everything buttoned up to not have any inter, you know not have any any service interruptions. At one point. 
Um, we were uh, just about to overrun the capacity in the, the AWS data center in Frankfurt, which is kind of wow. crazy to kind of crazy to think about. You contemplate, <laughs> yes. And we had to have this emergency, you know, over the weekend, spin up an entirely new, you know, Amazon uh, instance in their in their data center in Ireland, uh, and mm-hmm. it it just goes to 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 show you the you know the flexibility and power of these of these public cloud services and. What would have happened if this, uh, you know, what would companies have done if this pandemic happened 10 years ago when, when like when none of this technology was in place? Right. I mean, the, 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 the technology that's available for remote work and video communication in terms of the public cloud infrastructure and the availability of bandwidth and the processing power of, you know, in, in mobile devices and computers to, you know, to process the video in a, in a, in a quality way. Uh, you know, businesses would have come to an absolute screeching halt, but because of, yeah, but because of you know what's what's happened in, in the technology advancements in the last few years, it's uh, you know many companies were you know that were primarily composed of knowledge workers, um, you know, didn't didn't miss a beat. So, Craig, it's have these companies uh, started to move pretty quickly and 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 necessarily to video conferencing? Did they bump into any? Ugly surprises, or was were the barriers to implementation that that uh, were surprises to them or to you? I think these are you know probably th- things that uh, that our customers um, were thinking about in in the future. Here's here's a couple of a couple of examples. Um, we've had this big surge of um, customers in county courthouses around the United States huh. to do. You know, to do remote arraignment, to do uh, remote remote hearings, um, both on you know for licenses as well as you know user licenses, desktop and mobile users, as well as uh, conference room systems. And I'm, I'm, uh, you know that that there has have been a lot of that uh, those those uses over you know over the past years. I mean that's not a that's not a new application or use case, but. You know, the last uh, in in uh, March and April, we saw just a real surge of those. You know, small 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 county courthouses all around the United States. All of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, I can't come into the courthouse. I can't, uh, you know, I, I in order to keep the our you know our the uh, the population of our, of our of our jails safe and everybody else safe, we need to do this. We need to do this remotely. Mm-hmm. I have to. I got to get this. I got to get this turned up. Um, a lot of state and local governments uh, involved in um, uh, delivery of healthcare, mm-hmm. and not just the United States. You know, with all over um, um, all over Europe as uh, as well. So, the state and local governments are you know these essential services, but but they need they need to um, uh, you know completely change the way that they work as well. And and we as we've. Um, and I'm, I'm certain that these were, you know, things that are on the, on those organizations' long-range planning that they like. Oh, yeah, we're going to do this, you know, in 2021 as the budget allows. But all of a sudden, they needed to do it right now. Mm. Um, and so it was kind of kind of interesting to to see. And then on the contact center side, um, also there was a lot of um, you know contact center employees. I'm sure we've all had these uh, uh, these experiences, you know, where we're trying to trying to buy something or trying to contact kind of contact somebody, um, you know, calling into a company, and you're just on hold forever. I think a lot of that is, you know, companies who are using. Uh, contact center technology that required the employee to be in 
a cubicle, you know, three feet away from, you know, from his, you know, from his fellow employee. And, and you know, and that that's just not possible right now. So all of a sudden contact centers are running it for customer success and support and are running at, you know, one third, one quarter capacity because they, they, their, the technology that they have in place doesn't allow those people to work effectively from home. Uh, and that's the, that's what the other half of our, uh, of our, of our business at, um, at LifeSize does. Um, we just merged with a company called Serenova in the contact center space that, you know, allows contact center employees to work from home. So there's, there's been a big, uh, a, a big surge in, in, uh, you know, get, getting uh, an acceleration in trying to move contact center agents um, to their homes to be safe. Craig, is the way companies used your technology I mean, pretty uniform globally, or do you see different patterns of traffic, different usage, uh, different adoption rates? Yeah, video communication historically has been used for, you know, more formalized meetings, uh, a board meeting with remote board members or a weekly staff meeting or a sales forecasting meeting when your sales team is remote or or a remote interview, um, you know, or a roadmap review, you know, engineering roadmap review, those, those kinds of things. But now all of the you know, the office interactions take place over video. There's no more, you know, you see uh, you see your colleague on the way to the kitchen to get a banana and you have a three-minute conversation about, you know, something that's going on, uh, you know, with the marketing plan. It's, it, um, you know, everything's a little bit more formalized and, and, and scheduled. And I've actually found my kind of my days fill up more with, with scheduled conversations and meetings because mm-hmm. you don't get that spontaneous interaction of just, management by walking around, you know, right. walking around, around your office. So in some ways it's, it's kind of tiring. I'm, I thought, well, I, you know, working from home is not going to be that, not going to be that bad. But by the, the end of the day, if you're on, uh, you know, seven hours of video calls of, and there's no more five minute conversations, everything is <laughs> like, you know, 20 minutes now because you, you haven't seen that person. So it changes the, it changes the, you know, the, the human interaction and, and, and dynamic. Uh, but for someone who's been in, been in the video communication business. This has been my my career uh, for for twenty five years, hmm. um, and so you know it's it's been fun because I, and I you know I've taken taken part had the opportunity to take part in multiple companies and and uh, technology progressions to get to this point. So it's been fun to see it go from a very early adopter, you know, rudimentary technology to something that's just com- completely mainstream that everybody uses for you know, for, for, for workouts or for happy hours <laughs> and not to mention, uh, not to mention, you know, not to mention business meetings. The, the history of remote work, um, is a little bit like that old joke about Brazil, that Brazil would be the country of the future and always would be yes. that, you know, if we go back to the nineties and two thousands, even you had companies, offering remote work position, relying on what we used to call telecommuting. Uh, And it always proved to be a a bit of a a letdown, what actually happened. Do you think that technology has gotten far enough so that we can revisit the notion that people have to be in physical proximity to get the level of of both uh, collaboration and, 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 and interaction they need to function, but also the, the amount of, uh, of um, emotional reinforcement. One of the things that was clearly uh, a, a detriment to the adoption of, of remote work has been that work's a 
kind of a sociological, anthropological phenomenon. People value being together and value colleagueship. And that's how teams form and, and relationships deepen and, and ultimately high-performing companies function. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting experiment in that, uh, you know, because just as obviously as, as big a proponent uh, I have been, you know, for, for video communication and, and remote work for the past 25 years, it's, uh, it, it's, it's this, this last few months of trajectory, you know, in, in, uh, in late February through, uh, through April is, is even surprised me how fast this was going to progress. Um, you know, even in the, in, when the mid nineties, when I, when I started, I had, we had colleagues, um, you know, say that video communication was the, uh, as you pointed out, was the ever receding bonanza. You know, next <laughs> next year was going to be next year was going to be the year of video video communication, and uh, and that because I think there was always hope and need, and the and the customers and, and and organizations that really needed it back then were willing to put up with with all of the uh, you know the stilted video and the, the expense and and, uh, and and all and the, the extra hassle of, of of setting it up. Um, but you know, over the, so then kind of fast forward to over the past five years, there's just been this massive, um, uh, improvement in technology. And it's not just one, it's not just one thing. It's, it's a, it's a combination and it's, it's, it's the availability of, you know, of almost unlimited, uh, uh, computational power in, in the public cloud services mm-hmm. like AWS, mm-hmm. uh, almost unlimited bandwidth, right? And so that takes a lot of the pressure off of the, you know, the 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 process of actually uh, encoding the video or you know mm-hmm. making the video into into very you know into into uh, so you can send it over the over the internet. Right. Um, and so there's just been and uh, and then you know not to mention the computational power of uh, uh, and application development on uh, on 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 um, websites. And uh, and mobile devices, and so all this technology was all was coming together over the past the past few years. Uh, and I would have conversations, uh, you know, with uh, with 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 friends over the past few years, and they would say something about what they're using for. Uh, you know, they would be complaining about their video conferencing service at work. It's like, well, you know, it's a lot better. <laughs> it doesn't have to be terrible anymore. Um, but I think there was this real skepticism. That uh, you know uh, the, about whether video communication would really work, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, over the space of about a month in March, uh, you know everybody was f- uh, was forced to go home and started adopting these tools in uh, in in mass, uh, and it's been a really interesting you know sociological leadership uh, company culture experiment. Is how, can you really? Can you really do this? Because, you know, they, we all know about these kind of virtual companies, companies that didn't have any offices mm-hmm. and never had any offices. A lot of, you know, most of them were kind of early stage tech companies, maybe a little quirky. Uh, they didn't didn't have an office. And and even, you know, even me, who's been running technology companies for, for 20 plus years, you know, kind of looked uh, cross-eyed at them a little bit. It's like, nah, that doesn't really work. And so, you know, I... And, and I think that works. Yeah. And then, and then everybody, then all of a sudden everybody's doing it. It's like, Hmm, I guess this is, um, uh, this is okay. You know, and we've in, in, even within life size, um, t- two weeks before, uh, we all went home in mid March, um, we, uh, uh, 
merged with another company um, in, uh, in in Austin in the in the cloud contact center space, you know, to to expand our product line. So mm. not only have we been trying to run our own business here at LifeSize, but as the, the CEO uh, in our in our executive team, we've been uh, integrating. Uh, you know, a, a, another company, you know, we've been integrating a company, two companies into one uh, over video without, uh, you know, without having any office interaction at all. And that's been, uh, and that's actually gone better than I would have anticipated that, uh, you know, could have, could ever have done it. So, um, you know, we're finding out all kinds of new things. Craig, when I talk to executives about how they're conceiving, powering up, their companies beginning to get back into more uh, normal workflow, they're all universally saying they're going to have to fundamentally revisit their processes. First, because when that power up starts happening, there'll still be pretty heavy duty social distancing requirements. But even beyond that, that uh, they're going to want to revisit how they structure work and jobs, how much business travel they do. Um, uh, to account for what will probably be a lingering set of restrictions, but also just to, to uh, as a reflection of what they've learned through this process. And maybe they don't need to have you know, monthly meetings with everyone getting together or, or you know, so much business travel or whatever else. As they start that process of thinking how to put the type of uh, video conferencing technology you offer life size to work more productively and, and what are the factors they should take into account? What kind of suggestions would you give them? Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens when people go back to the, back to the office. I think one of the, well, I guess the three, three, three points I'd like to make on, on this. I think we're going to see uh, as people move back to the office, there may be a new, you know, permanently high plateau of work from home. I don't think it's going to go back to the way it was, at least for, you know, a long time, maybe never. So I think, you know, even companies uh, um, that were almost entirely office-based with zero work from home, I think are going to, uh, you know, going to have a, a much higher mix of work from home. And I think they're going to take a look at how much office space they actually, they actually do need. And so I think that's a, that'll be interesting to see what that is that, you know, it's not going to go back to a hundred percent the way it was. Is it going to be 50% usage of office spaces and, and now 50%, you know, work from home? I don't, I don't know, but I think there's going to be a new, uh, you know, a new, uh, plateau or you know a new a new level of of work from home because we've proven then in a lot of cases it it, it works. The second thing is I think there's going to be a a lot of once you know companies have gotten past this uh, a, a kind of crisis management and stabilizing their business and uh, and, and getting themselves back on a, a on a reasonably firm footing. I think there's going to be a lot of business continuity planning for what happens. You know what. Wh- because a lot of companies were caught flat-footed, like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, I've got a, I've got a thousand knowledge workers, but uh, you know, I have only I only equipped fifty of them. My highest, uh, you know, my 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 you know my permanent work from homes are just the people who travel a lot with video communications, and now everybody's working from home, and and I need to get I need to equip everybody to be able to do that in terms of of, of licenses, mm-hmm. um, and then this the you know a, a bit of a disturbing. Uh, trend that we saw uh, 
was you know on the contact center side of our business that we've just uh, we've just added to our, our our portfolio the vast majority of the world's contact centers you know used for customer support and and uh, uh, you know customer success and, and inside sales are 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 on premise based meaning there's you know it's in the company data center so the agent the the the, the employee needs to be tight you know it needs to be in the office at their desk because they can't that capability doesn't travel with them you know, uh, in many, in many cases. And so, um, so I think there's going to be a, a, a much bigger, an acceleration, uh, of, of this, of the, of the technology of communication from, uh, you know, technology that's tied to the company, to the company, uh, site to something that travels with the employee to, to wherever they are, not just for video, but also for, for voice lines, um, you know, for, for phone systems that, you know, your phone system could, can, should just transfer to your mobile phone. Or if you're a contact center agent or an inside salesperson, you should be able to do that job from anywhere and not being able to tie to the desk. So I think their companies are going to get ready for that, the second wave or, or the next thing that comes along in terms of business continuity. So, um, you know, I think those are two couple of major areas that people are going to are going to think about. Sounds like you think that it's going to become much more integral to processes kind of up and down the organization, maybe more routine processes and 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 processes that that are allowing uh, lower wage workers to to work remotely. Absolutely. Uh, I think this is uh, if 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 it doesn't, you know, I don't think every knowledge worker or, or, or service employee is going to uh, forever work from home, but they're going to be ready to work from home. And I, I think that's the, that's the, you know, some of the hard discussions and work for executive teams and, and IT departments of how do we, from a business continuity standpoint, if we have another one of these crises or, or a you know part two of this one, how can we seamlessly move home without the the mad scramble and, and panic that um, you know that that accompanied uh, accompanied this one? Are there are are there technologies or capabilities that that remain to be either developed or widely deployed that that you think would uh, take video conferencing and, and, and this remote work paradigm to a still higher level? Yeah, I mean, you can, certainly you can always, um, you can always in, increase the, the, the quality levels. And as, as, you're, as you're asking that, I'm thinking it's probably more about, about integrations into, into workflows. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the, you know, one of the, the next, uh, you know, I think that the next progressions of this, of this industry is how are your communications tied into your specific work as a marketing person or a um, or as a or as a, a development engineer or as a salesperson so it does you know it, you're not contact switching between applications all day but mm-hmm. but this but the you know the, the ability to have a video conversation or a voice conversation with your colleague with your boss with your um, with your customer, with your vendor can happen seamlessly within just the, you know, the, the stream of consciousness or the, or the flow that you're in as a, uh, um, you know, when you're doing your, your daily work. And I think that's in, you know, web-based applications and cloud-based applications are, um, you know, the architecture are, architectures are, are, are particularly, um, you know, appropriate for that. And I think we're going to see a lot, a lot more of that going forward. 
Well, Craig Malloy of LifeSize, thanks for joining us for this COVID-19 dispatch from the Managing the Future of Work podcast. Thank you. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for listening to this special episode of the Managing the Future of Work podcast. To find out more about our project on the future of work and for more information on the coronavirus's impact, visit our website at hbs.edu forward slash managing the future of work and sign up for our newsletter.